The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, Episode 13. General West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. Joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. How's it going, Jack? It's going well. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today we are discussing the 13th episode of the first season of SG-1, Fire and Water. The SG-1 team returns through the Stargate from the planet Owns after less than four hours, soaked, dazed, and without Daniel Jackson, who they say has been killed. Meanwhile, Daniel has actually been captured by an alien named Nim. The alien tasks Daniel with translating an Akkadian inscription. Jack, Sam, and Teal'c attend a wake for Daniel, his funeral, and clean out his apartment. Daniel learns that Nim has lost his mate, Omaraka, because of a goal named Bellus. Jack, Sam, and Teal'c undergo hypnosis and discover that they have been manipulated by Nim to believe that Daniel has been killed in an explosion. Daniel undergoes a memory probe and learns that Omaraka has been killed by Bellus. The SG-1 team returns to the planet, Daniel is set free by Nim, and they return to Earth. Um, I know the name of this episode is Fire and Water, but I feel like if we were doing a Friends thing, this could be the one where Daniel meets old Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. If... That's a deep dive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, guys. Do you think we'll need, like, this, should this be a two-parter to cover this episode? There's, there's just so much to it. I know it's. I don't know if we can get it all yeah. in. It's yeah. gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. You know, I, I will say though, this is one of these episodes I've always kind of, kind of liked. I mean, it's, this it, is a good episode. It's just there's really not a lot to it. Um, one thing I will mention though is Nem, the, the, the alien. He's, uh, he's played by Gerard Plunkett, who was the High Counselor Tuplo on Broken Divide. Oh, so nice. he's like double dipping. Oh, yeah. So he was the guy in the temple there that that they're they're yeah was would be the one to cast everyone off when they would get sick. Hmm. He's he's much better as a fish man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the way he delivers those lines is mm. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes, what fate Amaroka has been a kind of a call thing in our house for years. Nice. We say that to each other. So yeah, it I'm gonna start using yep. that. Yeah. Especially if you name your goldfish Amaroka, and then the kids come down, and the goldfish bowl is empty one morning. <laughs> Very suitable. Would be better than the dog. Yeah. So. yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, um, I know, Father. You always uh, you said that you've uh, you like this episode. Uh, but what about you, Lisa? What were your thoughts? You know, I don't. I just uh, this episode was one of those kind of forgettable ones for mm-hmm. me. But when I rewatched it, I, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, it's always good to see the first time Daniel dies. You know, just re- you know, of, yeah. it's the first of many, yeah. right? <laughs> what about you, Victor? Yeah, I I remember liking this episode. 
and I watched it uh, yesterday in preparation for this episode, and I was tapping my foot like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog when you don't hit the controller for 25 minutes. <laughs> no, there's just long, like the whole thing where they think Daniel is, is dead, that gets drawn out for like, it's 12 minutes of, you know, the charade of Daniel being dead. They don't realize he's alive until like 24, 30 minutes in. Um, there are, there are some good bits in it though. Um, some, a good callback to the movie, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as they're going through Daniel's, mm-hmm. uh, apartment. Um, I do like the character of Nem. There's a, I do like, um, kind of how Nem learns English. I think that they mm-hmm. handled that very well. Mm-hmm. So, so there are a lot of really good moments in it, but it feels like it could have been, you know, maybe 20 minutes and I would have gotten the same <laughs> The they definitely yeah. out of it. Yeah, they definitely pad the runtime with the characters' uncertainty and the whole hypnosis thing they have to go through. Uh, which, if you're interested in learning about how hypnosis actually works, there is a, a Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World episode on that. I believe it's episode fifty-two. But yeah, and my favorite part of the episode was Teal's hat. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is this is uh, Teal's second hat. Yeah. Yep. Right. That's, that not, becomes not quite the, the uh, not counting the headpiece. Yeah, that that becomes quite the uh, running thing in the the show is how many different kinds of hats does he have? And he gets to actually, I think he gets to actually like having ha- different kinds of hats. Nice. Mm. Tilk's pretty stylish in his uh, Earth gear. Yeah. yeah, he's he's always changing it up. He's ready for a party. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the the costuming of Nim in this episode. I feel like they did a good job with that. Um, it's fairly mm-hmm. uh. Lovecraftian, mm-hmm. but I feel like yeah. they did a good job making it be alien enough without it coming across as just straight up comical. He mm-hmm. he could but, be the he could be the water in Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> and he changes outfits. Yes, he does. I think three times. Yeah, yeah, he does. Well, yeah, because he, he's got it almost like a, a wetsuit that he wears it some point you can see that it's kind of a wetsuit and another part is more like an armor like when you when daniel first sees him it's more like an armor Mm -hmm. i did think it was his motivations seem seem kind of odd because his whole thing is he captures daniel so he can learn the fate of his uh mate omaroka and he tell he basically tells daniel if you don't translate this you're just gonna die here but then when daniel says okay you can do your mind probe on me and it might kill me (laughs) He's really hesitant yeah. about it. Like he all of a sudden starts caring about Daniel. I'm like, well, you're you're just going to let him die here. So why are you so worried about him all of a sudden? And, and Daniel becomes very <laughs> insistent that he gets the mind probe. Like Nem is like, no, no, really, I'll, I'll yeah, no, this could kill you. Yeah, I think Nem is kind of starting to worry. Maybe he's just going to let himself be killed instead of. No. I, I could let you go. No, 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 do the probe. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's uh. Yeah, no, it is very interesting, and and you kind of wonder like what is kicking around in your own brain from twenty years ago that you know that you read in college or something that someone might want to access someday. Probably well, I tell you, there's not there, much. There, there, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say there's times and times when I'm disgusted with prisoners. I sure might have that. Hey, I'm just give me a second. Okay, there's the answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going through the code of canon law. Yeah. See, <laughs> <laughs> so Thomas Aquinas wrote. No. Yeah. I have to say, did anybody else notice this? But General Hammond has a really lame car. I don't know what yeah. that is. Is that a or something? Crown Vic? No, it's not even a Crown Vic. It's like, I don't know what it is. But, I mean, he has grandkids. So shouldn't he have like a minivan or an SUV or something? <laughs> that's, an old, that's an old man's car. No. 
I thought that was I thought it was just kind of a you know basic maybe that's his word work Crown car. Vic, which is you know that's those are great cars. I mean, oh, cops Crown used Vic's, them forever. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had a Crown Vic for years. That yeah. and uh, I thought that's Senator, what he had. Maybe maybe he had like the Mercury uh, version instead. I couldn't mm. tell for sure, but Senator, it was very that is nondescript. Maybe that's yeah. why he didn't care when the windshield got broken. Well, you know, he did yes. kind of care, but he was more concerned about Jack than he was the yeah. car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but did you notice he, he wasn't too concerned about sending him back in the field? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's all like, we'll just replace him. We'll send him tomorrow. It's all good. And that that is kind of interesting because, of course, now we're we're more aware of, you know, PTSD and stuff like that. And and they did even back in the 90s. I mean, there, there was, you know, shell shock was known and everything. But. You could see that he was trying to do the mindset of, you know what, just get them back on their feet. They'll, they'll, they'll get over it. Mm-hmm. Just keep them busy. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. And we get more a backstory on uh, the gold's interference with Earth, with ancient Babylon and Belus, who I'm fairly certain that that isn't, he's going to end up being Baal. I think I've read that somewhere, so I'm not sure if that's, that is the connection. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in Babylonia, I looked this up, Belus is actually also sometimes called, uh, like, Bel Marduk, but we don't really ever meet Marduk, so it could mm. be Marduk. It probably is meant to be Baal, but... yeah, he, he... I think that was one of my regrets from this episode, watching it again, was, mm-hmm. you know, here is a non-human, non-gould race who's, who's intelligent, advanced, and we never hear from them again. Yeah. Hmm. Seems like a missed opportunity to kind of explore who he was, what, who are his people, where are they, what happened. I don't know. It just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. It's like, perhaps we can be friends in time. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe the makeup was too much. They didn't have the budget to do multiple to characters do, with that. To do the fish, fish, face ma- fish face mask yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even try to say that, much less... <laughs> Try to put that on. Okay, but did did y'all notice that his teeth, his mouth? Uh, okay, jump forward to Stargate Atlantis. It's Wraith. Oh yeah, yeah, he did have the Wraith. His teeth yeah. were Wraith teeth. Oh, interesting. So. The snaggle tooth Wraith teeth. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of it's like, mm. oh yeah. But it's getting interesting. You know, that's that's a system where we never really hear about, and presumably has died somewhere along the way. Anyways, yeah. I mean, it's, he seems to be um, the only one at least in the vicinity on that planet. So perhaps he was the last one. Yeah. Now there's, well, and it, now there, there is, by, uh, by the way, there were some role-playing games made in the Stargate universe and they, they've kind of filled in a lot of things by necessity for the role-playing games. But of course they're not canon. Mm-hmm. They're not considered, you know, but you know, so if you look at uh, the Stargate fandom site, it talks about that. The Stargate wiki, it talks about the kind of the background of Bellis, um, Within the RPG, but again, that's not canon. It's not shown on TV. It's not even really mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting that instead of just keeping them all, um, so yeah, at the beginning he knocks them all out, um, and he just keeps Daniel and he sends uh, Jack and Teal'c and Samantha after mm-hmm. wiping their memory and making them think Daniel's dead back through the Stargate. Um, I don't understand why he did not just keep them all prisoner there and search all their memories because he seems to be concerned that Teal'c has the gold in him, but he was mm-hmm. able to subdue all of them without much trouble. So I don't know why he did not just keep all of them there. Because if he'd done... It wouldn't have been as good of an episode. <laughs> yeah, if he'd done that, they wouldn't have 25 minutes of padding where they do, do, it, do a funeral for Daniel Jackson. And who were the old couple in the back of the gate room and during the funeral? I don't know. 
they're playing taps. It's like, you know, killing time, pad it out. It's <laughs> it's going on. I don't know. I, have, having been in the honor guard, I thought it was great. I did yeah. base honor guard at Scott Air Force Base for a year. That was great to watch. Uh, you know, remember remember doing those different folds and everything. And I, I was kind of disappointed. Not surprised they didn't do the 21 gun salute, though, there inside the gate room. Yeah. That might be a little loud. <laughs> and what would, would they do that yeah would they do that for a civilian though the whole like honor guard thing they you know i would assume they would do some of it i mean it is a little honestly yeah for someone like because you could consider daniel jackson the contractor I'm, I'm trying to think through it as you know he basically he's a contractor what we would call a contractor or a gs a government service and i don't i don't know if they would have except for the fact that he did die in service, you know, yeah. with the military. And that, that's, that's a little different than if, you know, it's a civilian who's been working, you know, the finance office on some base somewhere their whole career. You know, they, they don't do honor guards for that. And I, I honestly, I don't even know, like, how they do that now when there are civilians who are killed in, in war. I really don't know what the procedure is for that. Mm-hmm. I did think it was cool how they did the whole burial at sea kind of. The twist mm-hmm. on that. I thought mm-hmm. that was a cool, cool visual. That was nice. Yeah. I did look it up. This is the only funeral for Daniel we ever see. Mm-hmm. So this is the only eulogy. So enjoy it. Yep. <laughs> oh, and didn't we talk about, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't on the podcast. Maybe it was after, but we talked about Jack saying that he was the conscience of the group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mentioned that last right? week. And yeah, so how did you feel about it this week, Jack? No, it's, <laughs> of all the words I would use, conscience is not how I would describe him. Yep. I was thinking about it. If you go back to the movie, and then the pilot, he kind of was, if you think of it then, because he was all like, we've got to go save them, we've got to do this, we've got to right the wrongs. And then he took a little detour. Yeah. Yep. And then he's he's going to come back around as the conscience of the group later, but yeah. for now... Yeah, it did, it did seem quite... I didn't think about it until you said that. <laughs> There's a couple episodes though where he was the, very much the anti-conscious. Oh, let's let them yeah. do this you know, very violating thing to these women because we got to observe their culture. Yeah. That's not being a conscience. Shoot, on the other hand... Shooting up all of the uh, embryo ghouls. Yeah. On yeah. the other hand, after what happened to like Sharae, maybe he's just being like exploring nihilism for a little while. You know, yeah, there you go. Coming back to it. <laughs> but we do see the return of of a, of a great character, uh, Doctor McKenzie, who is mm-hmm. the embodiment of "I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV." And he's like, I, <laughs> "I know about hypnosis. Let's try hypnosis." And yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm not upset that we didn't get to see more of him. Um, but uh, yeah, so that and then it's and then it's 25 minutes into the episode, I think, where finally they're like, wait, how long do you think you were gone? How long were we really gone? Yeah. Which would be like the very first thing. It's like, you know, we, we we're only been gone 20 minutes. We need to get back. No, you've been gone four hours. Well, something's not right. But by well, saving- even, yeah. yeah, I mean, they even see before they come through, but they were only gone for three hours. You know, they're not supposed to be back till tomorrow type of deal. Yeah, it's. They have the scene where they're all being debriefed, but I don't know what they actually talked about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Other than just they were sad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And then there's a spot on there. What was it? MRI? All in the same spot? I just thought yeah. of Dr. Yeah. Nick from The Simpsons when, when Bart's suing Mr. Burns and he says, and see that smudge? It looks like my thumbprint? That's trauma. 
you know, yeah. it's like, and see that spot that looks like my fingerprint? <laughs> Pretty much what they did. That's where your yeah. memory's been wiped. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> there's a, there's a lot in this episode. Think, it was yeah, yeah. The story was by Brad Wright think... and Catherine Powers. Catherine Powers, I guess, tried to pad it out as best she could. Do you think she was trying to show how close they'd become in the morning mm-hmm. and kind of making us feel for a loss of a major character? Do you, do you think that's what she was going for? Twelve episodes in, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, and it's very likely that this is one of these fill-in episodes, and that's why Brad Wright yeah. and Catherine Powers. It's like Brad Wright wrote all the uh, the Nim under the under the sea parts, and then Catherine Powers had to fill in the rest to to make the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I that, that's, right. that's, that's speculation. We, we don't know for sure, but it probably was one of those, well, we got another episode we need to fill in. Well, let's, let's just write one up here real quick. Here's an yeah. idea. Or he's like, I've got this great idea, this underwater, this guy, da, da, da. and I'm like, what do we do with the other people? So actually what happened yeah. was he was driving to uh, the office for the day and Octopus's Garden by the Beatles was playing. And he's like, there we go. <laughs> There's my episode. <laughs> <laughs> now Victor's breaking things in the process. Yeah. <laughs> He's so raged by this episode. This is what I did trying to organize. Yeah. Victor adjusting his mic is a more interesting plot than most of this episode. Yeah. There you go. Okay, did anyone pause on Daniel's apartment and like try to see what was yes. in it? Oh no. And it was a lot of like uh I feel like if you went to Tuesday morning and went to like the the <laughs> section where they have like the little Buddhist statues and things like that, there's a lot of stuff like that in there. <laughs> Just little chotskis that you could yeah. pick up. It's kind of like when they do a kid's room in a movie and it's very obviously set up by like a Hollywood set designer and not an actual kid. It felt mm. like this is the, the scientist's apartment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say, let's be honest. Daniel Jackson's apartment is going to be a disaster mm-hmm. constantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, those books are not going to be on the bookshelves. They're going to be on the coffee table. They're going to be on the couch. They're going to be on the, the mantle of the fireplace. They're going to be on the floor. They're not going to be nicely lined up on the shelf with his his diaries, which, by the way, why why did uh, Jack and Sam go, uh, these are classified. They got to go away. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, They're just sitting out. Well, yeah. yeah. And like, did. Does Dr. Jackson get to keep everything he finds on those digs? I mean, because he had a lot of like really ancient artifacts. And I don't know, maybe they were from his parents or something. But I did like in his journal the line about I'm never getting paid, which is right yep. out of the movie. So yeah. very nice call. That was a there. nice reference. Very nice call back there. But then she turns one page and it's, oh, right after we, right after we got back. Yep. If anyone can find Charay, it's Jack. I'm like, that was only a page? Wow. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, and he did um, tape record from the movie. He was using a, t- a cassette recorder. So maybe he transcribed it and then he added on to it. There you go. That's right. Because he wouldn't have written in it while he was on Abydos Correct. because he was yeah. gone for a year. He did have very nice yeah. handwriting. I will say that. That's that's another thing. I'm sorry. If he's, if he's a scientist, he doesn't have nice handwriting. Yeah. You know, I, I've always wondered in movies like that, if it's supposed to be the handwriting of the character, do they have the actor actually do it or do they just have some, you know, intern? That is a good question. It was very, it was a very mm-hmm. flowy script. It is not something that I would have expected from him. Well, I mean, we've seen his 
Well, I guess we we seen James Spader's handwriting, not his. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not he. His seems like it would be very impatient, yeah. right? Like quickly scratched yeah, out. Yeah, what a shorthand. Yep. Mm-hmm. Scribbled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Personality. You all good, Victor? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, never, <laughs> never try to use a uh, one of those clamp microphone stands on a. I had it set up on a different cheap IKEA table, and it was just drilling holes into the bottom of the. <laughs> on this nine dollar tabletop surface so i kept setting it up and went bleh, so it moved in bleh. so yeah i think i think i think we're good now nice yeah sorry about that shows you no shows you how exciting this episode is is that's actually more interesting than i mean again like i, said, yeah. I, I enjoyed the episode but actually victor's issues with ikea yeah. tables were more interesting than half of it yeah yeah, one thing I I did like though is we get to see SG six, you know, for a moment. Mm-hmm. True. And and they mm-hmm. look very like hardcore. Like I kind of want to see a show about them. Like they're not like the you know the you know they look they look like they've seen some stuff. And yeah, I'd like to see uh, a yeah. show about them. Like the, not a lot of humor from that mm-hmm. team. No, no. I mean, even the leader of the team, like he's just staring at SG one. Like, what are you doing here? You know, not even any like concern about him. It's just like, why are you here? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we we had to take out a village of furlings, man. Today, don't even don't even talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, and while 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 we're at it, what was with the, what is, how deep is Nem's like lair? Is it is it deep or is it not deep? Because like they just do that thing where they like uh, they walk into the water or they walk out of the water. And suddenly, like, they're in their, his lair or something, but mm-hmm. Dr. Jackson has to swim up. But if it's not deep enough to need to be pressurized, otherwise his blood would boil or something, right? Or the nitrogen in it would or something. But but then they just, like, walk out of the water. So his lair is, like, four feet underwater. I, I don't – I never really understood that, even the time I watch this episode. Yeah, they're doing the couch trick, you know, where you walk behind the couch and you pretend to be going down the stairs. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so – we only saw the, the fire and water, right? Mm-hmm. I guess the reference to fire was just from he died in fire. Yeah. Yep. And then they were really in water because we really spent most of the episode not talking about fire. Well, <laughs> just I mean, the, I but know. they saw the, yeah, saw the picture of Daniel Jackson standing behind flames, basically. But I did think they did a really good job of when you, when Carter's hypnotized, allegedly, and you see the planet. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I mean, with the moon and the colors. Mm-hmm. And it was a really nice look at the volcanic things. It was a really nice looking planet. They actually spent some time on it. It wasn't just trees. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a Vancouver shoreline. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So kind of, kind of hate that that's the, you know, they spent all that time for this little bitty minute of the episode. I was trying to think if there's any other episodes that had you know, like an oceanfront scene where they could have filmed them. And they really don't. Um, the light has one. Oh. But. You know, because a lot of times when they, when they film these episodes, when they're on location like that, they want to do all the parts that are on that location together. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. You know, so, I'm thinking first so season, season one. Maybe, yeah, season one. Yeah. If you know. Maybe that- it's. Hmm? Oh, if you notice, like, the way the shots are framed, though, you get, like, the big wide shot of them walking, and you got the planet in the background, which is obviously, like, a matte painting, but then all the up-close mm-hmm. shots of them on the shore, it's angled in such a way that you really only see, like, the gravel shore and then the water. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking they yep. probably just found a lake in Vancouver, and we're like, we'll shoot these up-close spots here, and then we'll use matte paintings and editing to make it look bigger in post. 
and, and the, to get the trees yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that would have that would have been uh, fun to go swimming in then because that would have been cold. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> when they found it, that so. would be cold. <laughs> yeah, another another prop I liked was was Nem's like uh, brain drain machine. We just watched mm-hmm. the Muppet movie recently, and you know they have Mel Brooks with the as the scientist trying to drain Kermit's brain, and oh yeah, made me think of that. But but that like the steel apparatus he was in, it looked like the roll cage of like a like a dune buggy or something. I don't know what what it was mm. uh, originally, but it was just you know steel tubing and stuff. So I, I thought, that, yeah. Um, they should have had something a little bit nicer than that. Possibly something behind a sliding panel, because I guess he keeps everything, even his like posters, behind yeah. sliding panels that he yeah, exactly. with no control. <laughs> yeah, the... cool. but I don't, I don't think we see any other set that looks quite like this. So it was unique. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a good, that's a good thing, that... right? The clear acrylic bed. Yeah, that was it's different. It made me think of the satellite of love from Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> <laughs> the view screen. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Give me rocket number nine. <laughs> but um, I did notice like there's that door handle unlocking thing that Daniel grabs onto at one point trying to get out. And I'm pretty sure that that is just a translucent like rock hold from like a rock climbing wall. <laughs> yes. mm. There's so much. Yeah. I thought the same thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't, didn't know what it was, but it just kind of looked like, yeah, that's obviously some plastic thing they found somewhere. Mm-hmm. Actually, I thought mm-hmm. it almost looked like a. It would have been about the right time, too, is there were, you could get trackballs that were kind of that shape. Oh, yeah. Where you would sit and oh, yeah. use your fingers to, on a trackball. They were about like that shape. So I wonder, if, is that just the top of one of those trackball things? I mean, yeah. Kensington uh, Micro Mouse, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to look and see if there's any uh, podcasts for anybody who's been on the set or was on the crew or, you know, how, mm-hmm. how they designed or set these things up. Did they just grab, like you said, something that was sitting around and be like, hey, I've got this. Attach it to the wall. Yeah, I mean, that's how a lot of that stuff is done. Um, there is this one prop that is famous for being in, like, multiple episodes of Star Trek. I think it's in The Last Starfighter. It's this big mm-hmm. laser contraption. It's got, like, two big modules on the side and then a fiber optic rod through the middle. And then a laser, like, pulses through it. And if you look in Star Trek or The Last Starfighter, or I think several other movies, you can see this thing just as, like, the science prop. So... It's always fun to <laughs> to pick out those those objects in these kind of shows, and once you see them as an everyday object, it's hard to unsee it. Like, uh, they also use those the bladeless or the air Dyson blade or whatever it's called, like the hand dryer. Mm-hmm. They have those yeah. all over the bridge of the Enterprise from the two thousand nine movie. Oh no! Yeah, oh, that's funny. Never noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> or or the futuristic uh Star Trek cups they used in the early seasons of Deep Space Nine, the ceramic travel mugs that you would put on your dashboard because they had the wider base oh, yeah. and the yeah, the Rectagino cups they used. Oh yeah. Hey, Bodium made a ton of money off of TNG. You know, because yeah. all the cups were in, in TNG were from Bodium and that was kind of a new thing. So everybody that wanted to be, you know, cool and they wanted the Bodium cups. So they, they made a lot of money off of that. Yeah, I found three or four of those at the thrift store, and I've bought all of them because my Star Trek cups. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's a record for how long we recorded before y'all mentioned Star Trek. <laughs> that's an actual Probably. record. My family says I need to turn it into some sort of game. Like every time <laughs> Star Trek comes up, I get to take drink. a drink. Yeah, I was so. say drink. <laughs> Nice. Speaking of, speaking of Star Trek, this episode was directed by Alan Eastman, 
who mm-hmm. also directed uh, episodes of Voyager and Deep Space Nine, um, as well as Nightman Sliders and Tech War. So oh. uh, he's a good, he's a good, solid, functional director when you just have something you just need to get up on the screen and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, not be too fancy about it. Oh, you look at his... Uh... Look at his IMDb page, and he's all over the place. Oh, a yeah. A lot, lot, a lot of science fiction. I'm just trying to figure out, remember what the... Oh, okay, yeah. He, he, the DS9 episode he directed is the one where Chief O'Brien goes undercover into a crime ring. Oh, yeah. So, nice. Not the most memorable episode, but... <laughs> it's more memorable than this one, though. Probably. <laughs> okay, there was something in this one. Remember the whole Jack Sam ship thing? There was the hug. Yep. So there you go. As she comes out of the hypnosis, he hugged her. Oh, really? Got to make a note of that one. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's gonna be another. That's gonna be another drink thing. Is yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll talk ship. Yeah. I'll talk Star Trek. What yeah. how many? <laughs> it's like when you go. By, looking... by the way, any, any, any listeners who wants to come up with a uh, secrets of Stargate drinking game just send it to send it to jack and we'll we'll, we'll vet it yes make sure we'll make a bingo page for it yeah yeah and it can be different ones for different ones of us right yep, like exactly every time i, I mention the air fun. force every time victory mentions star trek yeah <laughs> i like this idea that, that could make it that would be really good especially in these lull episodes right mm-hmm. yeah make it a little more exciting <laughs> But next week we got a good one. Oh yeah, it's gonna be fun to talk about. No, yeah, boy, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> looking forward to that one. That's gonna be interesting yeah. to talk about it. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yes. Tr- trigger warning: bangs. Yeah. <laughs> Aggressive nineties. Hey, I just bags. got through looking through a bunch of old nineties pictures. Yeah. I had bangs, I, so I think I did too. But yeah, yeah. hard to believe. <laughs> Bangs are making a comeback. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I mean, like everybody who was, who was cool had that, right? Yeah. That haircut. Yes. I was very cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, oh, anyways. I think, yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Father Corey, do you have any other thoughts? No, I don't. <laughs> What about you, Lisa? No. Mm-mm. What about you, Victor? <laughs> I don't know. The, it, that scene from Spinal Tap where they talk about, like, I'm fire, I'm ice, and we meet in the middle, like, lukewarm water. That's <laughs> what this episode is. Uh, <laughs> me, lukewarm water. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we could all just go grab some sushi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Sounds like a good, good one. Idea. Yeah. They have the Hanna Barbera ending there, where they all stand around like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" Yeah. <laughs> oh, Scooby Doo, you're so hilarious. <laughs> it, it did also look like he was covered in um, like the soda rings when it comes out of the water. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, recycle responsibly, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Or Nim's gonna get upset when he comes out to lay his eggs or whatever he does. <laughs> I want a t-shirt and it says, uh, save the owns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daniel got owned in this episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I think on that note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there we go. 
All right. Um, yeah, on, on that note, uh, we'd like to take a moment uh, to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to sit around and make jokes about bad episodes of Stargate, including Renee H., George T., Scott D., Stephanie Z., and Paul L. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, including your suggestions for our drinking game, please visit sqpn.com stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. You can also join the StarQuest, StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Hathor. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. And remember, what fate, Omarak? Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? So do you think I can expense like a new $9 uh, IKEA tabletop? <laughs>